0: So have you ever had a DTR? It's that awkward, uncomfortable conversation between a guy and a girl, and 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 it's the it's the I kinda like you, do you like me? Or the so so what's going on here? What's happening? Okay. Now for me, the most hands down, the most memorable DTR was between a girlfriend I had in college who now happens to be my wife. Um, freshman year in college, so I want you to flash back to 1990, and I'm actually going to have Pofal come up and, and we're, to tell the story together. So we started dating um, freshman year, second semester freshman year. <laughs> yep, there you go. There's 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 freshman Greg and Pofal. Does it look like I'm dating like a 12 year old? I should be arrested for that. <laughs> So we started dating freshman year. I asked her out, we went to go see a movie, and we pretty much immediately started dating immediately after that. Okay, after our first date, the next morning, I said, Greg, we need to talk. We needed the DTR. And I was gonna say, there is no future for us, so just keep on moving. By the end of that conversation, we were dating. True story. True story. We went for a walk, and I said, this will never work. I'm interested in all these other Asian guys in the Christian Fellowship. A whole bunch of, like, tall Korean guys, and what's this weird white guy from California (laughs) I don't even have a chance? And then by the time we came back to my dorm room, we were dating. I am that good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But that was our DTR and that's what started this long dating relationship that ended in a marriage and now 22 plus years in it's wonderful but it all started with a DTR. So what about you? <coughs> Excuse me. Have you ever had a DTR? Okay? Now generally they are so uncomfortable. They are so awkward. But there's something about a DTR. A relationship can't really grow without it. A relationship can't really move forward, okay? Without that conversation of defining what's going on here, what are we doing? Because otherwise, relationships just tend to fizzle away, just drift apart, implode on each other, (laughs) or break up because no one's defined what's going on. And here's the thing about commitment is that if you don't define commitment, the commitment always suffers. I cannot tell you a single example of any form of commitment that has left undefined that has gotten better over time because we don't work like that. We're way too lazy. We're way too selfish. I'm too lazy and too selfish. Then when we don't have one of those DTRs in a dating relationship, it doesn't really go anywhere. That's why these DTRs are so important. Because without them, the relationship suffers. And you know, the same thing happens for church. Did you know that? The same thing happens for church. That's why we kind of need a DTR for church. That's what today is all about. Okay? Now, today is not about guilting you or shaming you. This is a day about moving beyond the, oh, I really should go to church more. Okay, how many of you have said that? To, I, I'm the pastor. I've said that to myself. I'd be like, I really don't want to go. And you start giving yourself like that Sunday morning guilt. And Okay, I have never known a single relationship that has gotten better because of guilt and shame. We don't work like that. The same thing goes for church. Church does not get better. Being a part of a church doesn't get better if you are guilting yourself into being there each morning. Or even worse, if somebody else is shaming you (laughs) to be there. That's not what today is about. What today is about is to give us all a chance to define your relationship with church. And for some of you, that's with with. River Life. For some of you, maybe that's another church, and you're just visiting River Life. For, for some of you, maybe this is the first time you've really been at church, and this whole thing is a new thing, and, and you're not quite ready to do a DTR with someone you've just met t- today, okay? And that's okay. That's okay. But that's what today is. So my intention is not to guilt, shame, pressure you into any decision. I want you to make the decision because you want to. But I will kind of push push and prod because DTRs are uncomfortable. You can't have it not uncomfortable, but we're going to laugh about it, we're going to smile about it, and we're just going to acknowledge there can be a little bit of awkwardness. But so the first thing, when you think about a DTR, the first thing you might wonder about is, how do I have a DTR with anybody, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a church? Well, we're, we're going to take some lessons, because that's a big question. How do you do this? How do you do a really good DTR? Thankfully, we don't have to come up with our, ourselves. There are actually some amazing DTRs in the Bible. Did you know that? There are some great DTRs. In fact, we're going to look at the one today that is one of the most famous DTRs in the entire Bible. It's in the Old Testament, and it's sandwiched. It was a pivotal time in the life of the Israelites who they were God's people God chose them not because of them but because of him God chose them to be his people and the Old Testament is a history of these people and right in the middle of this history is this amazing DTR okay so let me give you a little bit of background to give you some context about what this particular DTR was all about so before this Before this, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They were nomads for 40 years in the desert. And then they were this ragtag army, if you could even call them an army, they were this ragtag army with God on their side that conquered a land that God promised to them. And that's what happened up to this point. And then after this point, They became a nation. They were just a group of people. They became a nation. In fact, one of, at certain periods of time, one of the most powerful nations in the whole region, (coughs) excuse me, they had rulers, they had wealth beyond imagination, but they also had sin and rebellion and civil war. They had their cities destroyed. They had themselves taken back into slavery. And right between all of this was a DTR. Because God knew he needed to transform this slave nomad group into a people whom he wanted to bless the entire world with. And right in the middle, it was time for a DTR. And the person who led this DTR was a guy by the name of Joshua. He was, he was one of the great military leaders of the Israelites. He was the military leader. He followed Moses. Even if you've never been to church, you've probably heard of that guy, this guy Moses. <laughs> um, he, he was the one, let my people go from Egypt, and God sent down the frogs and the plagues and all of that, and, and Moses led his people. But Moses was not a military leader. Joshua succeeded Moses and became their military leader. And at the end of all of this fighting, all of these battles, Joshua gathered everybody together because their life, their collective life was about to change forever. From who they were to who God wanted them to be. So, God, so Joshua gathered everyone together, sat them down for a DTR. So this is found in the end of the book of Joshua, which was, is primarily about Joshua. They're not very creative namers back then. Okay? This was the book of Joshua, and it's the very last chapter, 24. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read this chapter, but it's lo- we're actually going to read the whole chapter, well, short of a few verses. So we're going to read this huge chunk of scripture here. Uh, it's going to take about five minutes, I, and I'm just going to read it all the way straight. Because okay? I, I want to tell you the whole story. I don't want to just pick a verse or two. I want to tell you the whole story. But to help you, because this is so long, to help you out, I've divided up, it's kind of divided into four sections. It's divided into four sections. So first, the, part one is an introduction. Part two, God reviews the Israelite history. Part three, Joshua calls everyone for the decision. That's the DTR moment, is in part three. And then part four, the people respond. So that's how this is structured. And as we read, these headings are going to be at the top of the page so you can kind of follow along because otherwise it could be very easy to just get lost in all of this. So if you want to follow along, this is in Joshua 24. You can pull it up on your phones, pull it up on your Bibles. It'll all be up on the screen as well. So sit back and relax. And again, this this is a whole chapter here. We're going to hear a lot of God's Word, but it's a good story, so it's worth it. So here we go. (coughs) Excuse me. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. That's a city. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. But I took, now again, this is, this is God speaking. This isn't Joshua. This is God speaking. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued you with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But, but they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Baor, to put a curse on you, but I would not listen to Balaam. So he, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings." You did, not do with your own, you did not do it with your own sword and bow, so I gave you land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from their vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of the ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord." But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in the land you are living now. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people responded. They answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us out, Our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out all of the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We, too, will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and and serve other gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, 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 we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Lord. Yes, yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And all the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. That was one of the great DTRs in the life of the Israelites. And did you hear the going going back and forth? And Joshua challenged them. This was a defining moment in the life of Israel. What they experienced prior and what they experienced past that, after that, were completely different. And it was because they made this commitment. They defined their relationship with God. And it happened right there. Well, there are some things we can learn from this DTR that we could kind of carry back to our own DTRs. Okay? So a few things very quick. <laughs> Excuse me. So first lesson from a DTR is look back and remember what God has done. Look back and remember what God has done. Joshua spent half his speech reminding the Israelites what God has done for them. Half the time. And then if you include the Israelites' response back, three-quarters of the speech was remembering what God has done. And I think often we make decisions today forgetting what God has done in the past. And that can be really disastrous. We can make lousy decisions when we forget what God has done. Okay? So that was the, that's the first thing we've got to remember. Look back and remember what God has done. Okay? Second thing we can learn from Joshua and and his DTR was make a choice. Don't just let life happen. Make a choice. It never works out well when you just sort of let life happen and then you respond each time whenever, because you know what? The truth is that no matter what your commitment, you're going back to school. Stuff will always come up to convince you not to go to class. Stuff will always come up to have you be like, okay, I'll go to church next week. I'll have dinner with my parents next week. Whatever you're committing to. Because life will always happen. (laughs) And it always gets busy. So don't just let life happen. You've got to make a choice. That's why that's why Joshua said, choose this day who you're going to serve. If you're not going to serve God, who are you going to serve? Don't just say, I don't want to serve God. He kind of pushed him and said, okay, if that's your choice, then who are you going to serve? Because you're going to serve someone. (laughs) Kind of like what what Johan was saying. We worship something. Are you choosing what to worship or just kind of letting life tell you what to worship? Okay, so that's the second one. Third one, third one is after you've made a decision, stick with it even when it gets difficult. Stick with it even when it gets difficult. My favorite line out of this was, was after Joshua challenged them, the people responded, yes, we'll serve the Lord. And then did you catch what Joshua said? No, you won't. You guys are a bunch of hard-hearted, wimpy people. You're not going to do it. I love that. Now, that's some guts right there to have him say, like, people are like, yeah, we're going to serve God. and be like, no, you won't. Okay. Come on. Really? And he pushed back at him. You know what they did? they pushed back on Joshua. That was gutsy because it got hard. They could have just said, they could have just crumbled. Oh, Joshua, our leader, doesn't like me. He doesn't trust me. <laughs> no, I like it. They pushed back because they had made a decision and they were going to stick with it. And that's part of what DTRs are, right? No relate. no dating relationship ever gets better when you define it, and then you start changing the definition a week later, okay? So once you decide, you stick with it, even when it gets tough. So that's kind of what a DTR with church, or sorry, with with God is like. But how about a church DTR? Are you ready? Are you ready for a little church DTR? One of those really awkward, uncomfortable conversations between church and you Now, see, the thing is, your relationship needs it. Every relationship needs a DTR, including your relationship with church. So I want to get the setting set first here, because DTRs work best in a coffee shop, okay? So so we're going to set up a little coffee shop here. Let's see. Okay. Oh yeah. There we go. So you ready for this? Yoga. You knew you, my boo, right? Sorry. No. No middle-aged white person should ever talk like that. I apologize to all of you. That was just horrible. Well, so I've asked you out to coffee here, because I wanted to talk. I've seen you around a little bit, we've kind of hung out a bit, but I'm sort of curious what's going on here. I'm kind of curious, because I'm not really sure. This is really cold coffee. (laughs) So I've kind of wondered what's happening here with us. And I, I, I've got five theories. I'm not sure which one is true, um, so I wanted to kind of run them all by you to see which, which is, is the best to describe what's happening here. Well, so first is, you know, we're, we're friends. We're kind of new friends. Um, I like you, and I'd like a relationship with you. No, not me. I'm married. See, OK? The ring must be prominently displayed on your face. OK? Um, but so, so I, I'm, if you haven't figured this out, I'm river life here, okay? So I like you. I want a relationship with you. But I don't really know if you want a relationship with me. So, and this is, we're, we're kind of new. Maybe, maybe we've only hung out once, and I'm being really forward here, and you're getting really uncomfortable. You're ready to, like, head for the door, okay? I don't want to push anything on you, okay? But I do wonder what's happening here, is this a relationship you'd be interested in pursuing? Maybe we hang out a few more times, and see where that goes. See if we kind of like each other. Um, I've already fessed up. I kind of like you. <laughs> I just don't know if you like me though. But maybe, maybe you want to give it a shot. So may- maybe that's what's going on here. Okay. <coughs> now. Since, since we're a Hmong couple, maybe, maybe we're just talking. See, white people don't know what that means, okay? All of you know what that means. Maybe we're just talking. And, and I know like, like in your head, maybe you're kinda committed to me, but you don't quite wanna really commit. You know, you want some of the benefits but not having to do any of the work. You wanna keep things casual, keep your distance. Uh, you want an out if things get too weird, or if I get too pushy. You want an out. So maybe we're just talking. And you know and and that's okay for a time. I'm okay with talking. Um, but you know, if, if we keep talking and things go pretty well, maybe we can have another DTR later and maybe go a little, take this a little further than just talking. But you know, if... You're, you're just talking because you don't really want to commit? Maybe that's really the conversation we should be having. Why don't you want to commit? If you like me and I like you, what's holding you back? Maybe you had a, you've got a really bad ex, and that's what's keeping you committing to another one. I can respect that. I can give you some time. I can give you some space. That's okay. We all have that crazy ex in our past. Women be tripping. Once again, I'm sorry, white people should never talk like that. <laughs> okay. So maybe that's not it. Maybe that's not what it is. Maybe instead, maybe we are dating. But you know, I'm feeling a little neglected. I'm feeling a little taken advantage of. Like, you know I'll always be here for you, but you're not necessarily always there for me. You want to kind of hang out with others and go do other stuff. You don't want to break up, but you don't quite want to commit. And I'm feeling a little neglected. I don't feel like we've spent enough time together. I don't feel like I really know you. And you know what? I don't feel like you really know me either. So maybe we're dating, and I'm just feeling really neglected because there are a whole bunch of other things that are a bigger priority for you than me. So maybe that's us. How about maybe, and I'm ha- I sure hope this isn't it, but maybe we're dating, but you're seeing someone on the side you, you, you got another little church that you're seeing. <laughs> you, you, you hang out with me a little bit, but then you go hang out with the other one a little bit. You wanna, you wanna see how long you can play both sides of the field. Uh, and you know, and, and, and sometimes I think we need friends outside each other. That's important. But you know, I also think it's important to commit. So I, I, I'm not bashing if, you, if you're, if you're, you're cheating on me, <laughs> I'll drink my tears. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you know, if, if you're seeing someone else, we need to talk about that. We need to figure out what's going on and, and what, what they're giving you that I'm not. Or what, maybe what, maybe, maybe I'm the other woman. Maybe that's the real one you're dating and I'm the one you're seeing on the side. <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's really helping either, either of us. Now, I think th- there are times it's important to have other friends, it's important to have other people that can feed you in different ways than I can or maybe I can feed you in different ways someone else can't, but we need to talk about it. So maybe that's what's going on between us. Maybe that's the DTR that needs to happen. Or maybe, maybe we're in a really healthy, committed relationship. Our time shows it, the time we spend together. What you put into me and what I put into you is equal. And we both feel fed and we both feel nurtured and we both feel loved and we both feel cared about. And maybe that's what's going on between us. But I think we need to have a DTR. And I think we need to decide what's really going on here. What is your commitment to me? And I, I, I don't want press to pressure you to be a certain thing. That's not what I'm about. But I do think it's important that we know what's going on and that we talk about it. So, did you survive the DTR? I survived the DTR. I'm never coming back here because this was lousy coffee. (sighs) So, that's what a DTR with church would look like. That's what it could look like. And I hope you're having some thoughts about what to do next. Because just like dating relationships, church relationships need DTRs. And again, this is not my desire to pressure you. Do not get from this, I should come more to River Life more because Pastor said so, okay? That's not what we're about here. But this whole series called Why Church began with a simple premise. God loves you and wants you to grow. God loves you and wants you to grow. He does not want you to stay stuck in your stuff. He does not want you to kind of limp along. He wants you to grow. And the best place to grow is a church community. And what I'll add on to that after today's message is a church community where you've made a commitment. And all of you are at different places. The last two weeks, we talked about some different commitments you could make. It's not about, I have to do everything at River Life. That's not what a commitment is. You could be anywhere. You could be, maybe we've got four ways to grow. We talked about four ways to grow the last two weeks. Maybe your simple commitment is, I'm going to attend more than I miss. We're not even saying be at River Life every weekend. That gets tough. Attend more than you miss. Maybe, maybe your, step, your step of growth is connect with others and connect with God in a life group. These are our small group Bible studies we have. At the end of service, before is going to come up and share a little bit about the life groups. Okay, maybe that's your step. You're going to join a life group. Maybe one of your, your next step is to say, you know what, I'm in a life group. I come more than I miss. The next step is for you to join a ministry team. Serve on a ministry team. And start to help make River Life an amazing place to come every Sunday morning. And for some of you, maybe one of your steps is, I'm going to start telling others what God has done in my life. Not answering the great questions of Christianity, no, just telling what God has done in my life. So there are four ways to grow, four ways you could handle this DTR. So kind of the question sits, what are you going to do with this? And I'm just going to leave you with that question. What are you going to do with this? And allow you to listen to God, allow you to talk to somebody else, and wonder what you're going to do next.